0: Hello my sinners. Oh my god, you made it to another one. Episode one hundred and thirty-six. Holy crap, I cannot believe I have done this many. And this one today is long overdue. My very old friend, the crucial dude himself, Mr. Skylar Kroom of He Is Legend, is here. Well, he was here. We recorded this like a couple weeks ago, but you know, I always feel like the late night host thing, like, we got a great show. Seth Rogan is here. Uh, And by Seth Rogen, I maybe mean Howard Jones because they sound exactly the same if you listen to that episode. But hey, I digress. Great episode today for real. And I had so many questions for Skylar because that band pretty much dissolved, I don't know, 14 years ago, something like that. And here they are, as strong as ever, killing it on the festival circuits and on the radio and crowdfunding and all this crazy stuff. And it was just so nice. To catch up with Skylar, one of the best in the business. Before we jump on into that, I want to thank you all so much for listening to this, whether it's your first time aboard or whether you've listened to all 135 other shows, it's great to have you. And as always, I want to remind you, you can get in touch with me. It's very easy. I have an email address. It is Syndrome at gmail.com. We're on all the socials. You can follow me on there, including Facebook. Don't don't sleep on Facebook. Still a thing. Believe it or not, Facebook's still out there. I checked this morning, facebook.com. It pops right up with that horrible blue color. Why did they pick that color for the most iconic website maybe of all time? Horrible color. Not my favorite. But hey, regardless, we have a Facebook page. Shout out to Neil, Melissa, and Julia for running that for me. And I'm sure... There's some people that aren't so happy with what I've done. I'm talking too much about myself, maybe relating things back to me, cutting off the guests when they speak. You know, these are things that I tend to do. I I like doing them. And if you are unhappy, feel free to call the hate line. 1-657-666-HATE. H-A-T-E. Call me. Leave me a message. Let me have it. Lay into me if you want. A couple weeks ago, Anthony Green... I thought it was a great episode A lot of people agreed But hey I'm sure there's somebody out there That was unhappy So let me have it Ring me up Talk some shit Do what you gotta do Again the number 1-657-666-HATE In other news with me I am about to head out on the Vans Warp Tour for eight shows with my band Silverstein. We are playing Toronto, Cleveland. Why did I say Toronto? It's Toronto. Everyone knows. Well, maybe not everyone knows, but if you know, you know that you don't pronounce the second T in Toronto. It's Toronto, not Toronto. Anyways, we are playing Toronto, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Detroit, Buffalo, Scranton, beautiful Scranton, Boston, and New York City. So please, tickets available now. Some of them are going to sell out for sure, so make sure you get on that. Don't sleep on those tickets. I'm very, very excited to be playing Warp Tour for the last time ever as they are canceling it after this year, which is very, very sad. Another show we're doing, um, if you're in Quebec, uh, bonjour, merci, uh, I don't speak French despite being Canadian. Check out our show in Quebec City. It is for Festival d'été. We are playing With Avenged Sevenfold and Bullet for My Valentine should be rocking. Put up the devil horns. Shout out to goaltender Max Legacy. He will be there. And I am looking forward, as always, to just be in the great province of Quebec. I want to remind you of the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. Basically, if this one-a-week bullshit is not enough for you, if you need more content, you want bonus episodes, you want to talk to me, you want to watch me answer questions on the computer screen, maybe play some tunes, maybe you want Lead Singer Syndrome merchandise, patches sent to your house every three months, or you want to join a great community of other like-minded people that are into the same music, the same culture, and of course, also big fans of the show, Check it out for as little as $6 a month. It gets you in. It really is a good time. And also, we're working on that being ad free. That's going to launch pretty soon as well. So, many perks there. Also, it really just helps me out. It helps me keep the show going. Believe me, without the All Access Club, No way in hell I would be at episode 136. I would have given up years ago. So here we are. Thank you so much to all the sinners in the All Access Club. You know who you are. I know who you are. And thank you from the bottom of my Canadian heart. English Canadian heart. Shout out to Tommy Vexed for being on the podcast last week. Great episode. Go back and check it out if you missed it. Yes, he might have dropped an N-bomb. It was bound to happen sooner or later. I'm just glad it was an African-American. And once you listen to that one, go back, because we have like 133 more of them. So, anyways, hey, let's jump in to this week's episode and my conversation with the crucial dude, Skylar LaCroom, of He is Legend. Don't you think it- Hey, Skyler. Hey Shane. Dude it's been a long time.
1: It has been a very long time. <laughs> How, <laughs> How are, are things man? Things are great. Things it, are really good. Is that a
0: baby crying in the background?
1: That was a, a kitten.
0: Oh I was that gonna was say. Like, that was a cat. Damn you've been busy. No a cat is a little more <laughs> easy to uh, you know deal with than a baby usually.
1: Yeah she's just a beast and she needs a lot of attention. Kind of, kind of like most babies, I would imagine.
0: I, I don't have any babies. I wouldn't know.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't know either. But I've seen a few in my in my day.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. So, uh, what's up, man? What's new? You just hanging around?
1: Yeah, we're uh, you know we're, we're kind of off the road right now, waiting for the end of summer stuff to come around, whatever that may be. Uh, nothing's like we've. Confirm some stuff, but we haven't announced it, so I'm not, you know, dropping whatever yet. But
0: no, don't, don't give me the exclusive, okay? Don't spill the beans. No, there's, no, well, no, there's,
1: no. you know, our our whole spoiler alert situation is is like up in arms now. So,
0: <laughs> what do you mean?
1: I we're just, I just don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be the guy to to let any cats out of any bags, you know. So
0: no, um, I, I'm, I, I, get it. I've I, the the amount of people that have called me back after I've done these things and been like, hey, um, I wasn't allowed to announce that. Can you go back and edit that out? I'm sure
1: I'm all the sure. time. I
0: have, and I never, I never mind. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're... I'm
1: sure that's the, the thing. That's why you know. I mean, I can say that we have cool things coming up, Good. but I can't say what they are yet but cool things are coming cool
0: things are always right well dude it's really good to have you man um uh you know we go way back we go way back like i'm talking like so far 12, back 15 years something like that yeah uh, which is which is really crazy to think about but what's crazy you know uh, thinking about you guys is i always was a fan of your band and a fan of you as a front man and um maybe not your guitar player because he always kind of scared me Uh, right a little bit (laughs) yes scary scary man but that's okay he's a teddy bear you just gotta give him a big (laughs) hug uh but but it was crazy because you know all of a sudden it was like all right this band's done like and i'm talking about done after that under oath tour we did together in canada back in 2004 i think it was 2004 maybe 2005 um and it was like, okay, well, that sucks. Like, this band's breaking up. And then, you know, you do the thing where you come back, and, and I've seen it a thousand times, and so have you. Band comes back. They put it together, kind of a record that whatever. They do right. a couple reunion shows. Uh, they, you know, kind of maybe get some festival money. <laughs> yeah, 10-year anniversary
1: shows yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Then they
0: fuck off again and sure. what's so inspiring about you guys it's like no 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 you're back and you're bigger and better than ever oh thank you man
1: I and mean, coming from you that means that means a ton we you know as you remember that i mean the day will be infamous for us because you know we lost a very dear friend that adam and i, I actually he introduced the two of us yeah. um and and i remember that you know I've since played that place in uh in Canada and I'm I'm drawing a total blank on where it was is was in mean, you know uh, it might have been Winnipeg we were in a back alley
0: yeah Winnipeg at the in Garrick. The... yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah so um and and I just remember that being like one of the most visceral experiences of my life um as you know like adam flew home that night and uh we dr- we like drove in um I don't know. It was just a very strange time. And then, and then after that, you know, we, we kind of took that, you know, I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to blame anyone for what happened to the band at that point in time, but we just needed a moment. And it seemed to us that we were kind of like, Blackballed for dropping off of a tour. So, I mean, it, but it was also very discouraging. And we were, you know, smoking a lot of weed back then, not that we <laughs> had to quit that. But, you know, the paranoia of what happens in the music scene, I mean, the, the bands are always going to be the least respected to some extent, you know. So we were just kind of paranoid. And then, and then the state of the music back then was it was just in a place you know i don't know we we just felt like out of place and yeah. that we weren't, we weren't very happy with the way the scene was going in general being typecast to some extent and we needed the we needed that hiatus i think that we all learned about each other and learned about what we really wanted as a as a group and none of us really stopped seeing each other i mean like matt had a had a band of his own we all got jobs and whatever yeah um but yeah, it was a very, it was a very, um, a very dark time. But also, you know, I got my feet wet in the film industry, and yeah, a lot of crazy things happened over that period of time that helped us to really kind of uh, pinpoint what it hates you was all about, and then mm-hmm. move forward with that. And then yeah, it was after that, you know, without with minor hiccups, we we basically haven't stopped. No. You
0: know, no, and it's, okay. it's. I mean,
1: after it hates you, it hates you when the when the hiatus kind of like came. But I think it all came because that album needed to marinate on people for a while. And I mean, kids still like you know the kids who aren't screaming "I am Hollywood" are are the kids <laughs> that are like, like it hates you. Your best work, it's your color and the shape. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> okay, yeah, know yeah. it's
0: it's just the timing and everything was so crazy because you know they mentioned you mentioned the paranoia. I got to remember just at that point being like, what do you mean they're going home? What do you mean they're not like going to be a band anymore? What do you, you, know, what do you mean this, like all this stuff? Like I, I was like, they're at the their peak right now. Yeah. Like, everyone's like finding out about this band. You know, you, when you did that tour, you were opening up for us and, and it's like, everyone knows about this band and this is like, everything's being built up. And then it's like right at the the very peak when it was all about to happen, you're like, Yeah, nah. and and, I, and it's it was just for me from from my perspective it was really a shame, um, but I I can
1: agree with that. Yeah, I mean I I think our headspace the time though you know you have these blinders on, and then when there's like when tragedy strikes it's yeah. just you know it's an it's a I, I knew that going home was like gonna be it's it was gonna kind of taint us, but it was also like we lost a dear friend and like we needed that moment. And I don't mm-hmm. think ever at that point where we, it wasn't at that moment that we said we can't do this anymore. I mean, we obviously had had a, had a bit of a, a you know, we had to back up and regroup, which right. bit us dropping off of that tour with you guys, which was like probably the biggest tour we had ever done. Um, But we also, you know, we had, we, we rode really hard for a while, just, tour after tour after tour. So I think being burnt out and then the midst sure. of that, it was like, Oh shit, what just happened? Um, yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't take it back at all. I mean, the, the, the craziest thing is that like what we learned from that is, is who we were as people and where we belong in in music. And I think the, the train that we've been on since then, and since this like very, this juxtaposition now is it's, it's, it's made us, it's given us a, a footprint, you know, like a mm-hmm. definitive bound um, that we all can agree upon. So, well, I don't know, I, a, guys, it was definitely a crazy time.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and, and it's you know the whole idea of of gauging your success. Um, it's still like always difficult to to know kind of where you're at. Um, but back then, you know, it, it's really harder because now everybody has their fucking stats. You know, you got your this is how many Facebook likes you have, and this is how many you know, I posted Instagram and this is the reach or, or how many people listen to my song on Spotify or all this stuff back then, like other than record sales, which never really meant anything anyways, all you yeah. could do is like, are the kids singing the songs? Like, are there people yeah. isn't here? That, isn't
1: that so interesting, man? It, like, yeah, don't you think it's like really put a, put a darkness over what the music scene even is now. Like it, it day by day it seems to get darker as much as like how we're a slave to this algorithm <laughs> whereas know. normally it was like you know I, I me i remember me and adam just like going into the uncw library to to photocopy old medical journal journals for flyers you know and like
0: right
1: just stuff like trying to get that's one thing that we did with this with few when we when we crowdfunded was yeah to try tried make it important for to have a street team have fans that want to be supportive like the way we used to when we were growing up because yeah facebook and all the things that you have to do as a promoter these days it's it's amazingly simple i mean at least from a computer illiterate standpoint it seems like going on and just being like okay i created a group and here you share it on your side, you know it just seems like there's less work for for what is required now
0: right right and i'm just not a fan of any of that stuff at all i you know i guess i'm just old but i I still like the idea of of whatever of you know on the ground promotion like hey i'm in this band you know come to this show you know like you know (laughs) uh, whatever though um but no it's changed it's really has it has changed so much and and slave to the algorithm is like a great quote i love that and it's just so damn true
1: well yeah i mean you know it's but it's also nice to see like i see you guys like out there still doing it and and even in from all all walks of life like you know back in back you know uh josh Moore from beloved is is one of my dearest friends and and i saw him the other the other day in carborough it's just like these people still have these beautiful lives like with beautiful music they're still they're still like hoofing it and it's just a it's amazing man i it's and crazy now that we're in our you know we're getting up there in age
0: what's josh from beloved doing now i love that guy what a great guy he
1: put out an album a couple years back and i'm sure he's working on new music i, I went to his CD release party and he you know he sold out the cat's cradle in north cool. carolina and carborough so I mean, it's beautiful you know and and my buddy ryan from box bomb is he's he's just got his his project the dead tongues he's like out with a big folk band right now overseas and uh jared from classic cases like yeah in. you know he's out doing must be the holy ghost which is like super trippy um you know liquid light projection show and it's just like kind of a one-man band thing and um but a two-man operation with the light show it's it but it's beautiful it, just to see these things happening still yeah you know, to this it's, it's funny.
0: It's funny, you know. I think it's weird how, you know, I, I'm 37. I think you're around my age. I assume you're about my I'm age, th-
1: 35. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And, and it's funny how how and, and these people we're talking about are all kind of in our same generation. It's funny how we we get our feet wet really early on, you know, in our late like, late teens, early 20s, and to be, to, I mean, at least for my case, I can't speak for er- everyone, but you know, we don't know what the fuck we're doing, and we have the success, no. and we feel this sort of. Passion about something but then whatever it is if it's success or if it's pressure of seeing your friends uh, grow up and and have real lives and get real jobs and ha- start having kids I feel like w- there's a pressure there that it's like am I still doing this bullshit that I did when I was in my early 20s and my teens like and then once you get over that or you live a little bit of that yeah. adult life then you realize hey this shit's actually important to me. This, I want yeah, to do this, this again. I, I want. Yeah. I. I'm passionate about this.
1: Right. Right. And then you know, I, I've always made the joke of like, you know, you're putting down your guitar to to like flip a burger, you know, which is, which it, at the end of the day, it seems like you know, I'm just. I what I mean by that is that nothing can compare to this thing that you've given, especially if you have that. If you have talent, you know. What I mean, yeah. imagine without mentioning any names, look at all the people that are still doing it that like you can't stand their music. I mean, not to not to bring negativity <laughs> into it at all. But yeah, yeah. you see certain things that, like people who are still going and they have this, you know, this quality where there's there's stardom and there's, you know, there's immense talent. And to watch that be squandered, I mean, again, I can go back to some of my favorite bands that have it. You know, like, I mean obviously Mutoid Man's amazing. Caven was my yeah. favorite. You know that was like one of those bands that we just could not stop playing. Cave in on the road forever. I mean, still pops up. Um oh, In. Same with Code oh, seven. Oh, I love
0: Code seven. I haven't thought about that band in forever. Oh man, what an I mean, underrated band! People need to check out that band. Wow, yeah, so ahead of all, their time.
1: Yeah, all their albums should really be like studied by these young kids that are coming up. I mean, I, I and I hope that there's there's. Even in that, if this podcast does one thing, it's like, you know, there's bands out there that that pave the way for you and you might not even know it, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Which,
1: you know, it's 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 great that that's a finite thing, you know, um, that we can go back and and continue to study.
0: No, totally, man. So, um, you know, I always felt like your band was and you even already mentioned it. You felt a little bit like outcasts. You never really felt like you fit into the whole scene thing. Um, being a non-Christian band on Tooth & Nail Records probably didn't help. Not at all. Uh, you know, a bunch of those things were definitely pushing and pulling you guys in different ways. Um, before we talk about that, I want to talk about your influences growing up. I know you, you know, you played drums at an early age in a family band. I read yeah. that read that somewhere, um, and... You know you're into a lot of different, you know, rock and roll uh, stuff. So talk to me a little bit about about that and how that all led to you being a misfit in in the scene.
1: Um, well, so I, I, we all we all grew up playing. Adam Adam's been playing guitar since forever. Um, with our friend that that passed when we were on that tour with you, he was in a band with them in high school. Um, then Matt and Adam. And Steve all started in high school playing, and so I w- I went to a different high school. I grew up playing drums. It was in marching band. I was in jazz band, um, and I played in a southern gospel band with my with my mother and my stepfather. Um, so that was basically my intro into music was just doing all these things, like really focusing on the drums. Like that was my biggest thing. I played, you know. Yeah. In a garage band with with friends and whatnot and then moved on to like doing playing at church and stuff like that until you know I started to step out of of that realm and into more like you know getting into all the different kinds of heavy metal and whatnot and but also still being you know a drummer at heart like listening to Dave Matthews because Carter Beaufort was insanely you know whatever it'd be like something that I was into. I don't know, my, my musical influence has changed so much. I mean now yeah. I I like, I like um, everything from, you know, the l- albums I'm looking at right now is a a Burzum album and a Gillian Welsh album and a and a Daft Punk album like right like three in a row. But I mean those are those are some those are some of my favorite things. You know, I love I love electronic music, I love I love hip hop a lot, like the shittier the better in right. my you know but we all kind of have those those influences i mean i i i think they kind of came and came along obviously nirvana and and like white zombie and pantera are the bands that we right. we found our sound in that influence you know those are the bands that we wanted to uh not maybe emulate is not the right word but you know wearing that on our sleeve was like our biggest components
0: absolutely uh, Wow, (laughs) burzum! Don't go killing anybody, okay?
1: No, I try not
0: to. I've got I've got
1: some mo power these days. (laughs)
0: Wow, Uh, no, that's that's cool, man. Um, So that all ties into you know this. He is legend in this band, and you know, obviously, there's an element of you know punk rock and like underground music because a lot of the stuff you know you're talking about are are kind of like stuff that you hear you see in the mainstream whether it's radio or whether it's you know on tv or whatever but you must yeah. have gotten into punk rock somehow that led you into this band and into a hardcore scene and, and oh yeah. on tooth and nail records
1: i um well we grew up you know our manager was the same guy that managed ted poetic nate Mallon. oh yeah back in the day and uh and so it was just, you know, we were playing with Dead Poetic. We loved them so much. And we were playing with, you know, Norma Jean and Beloved and all these band- ludicrous back then it was. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah, I remember. It was
1: just like, we're playing with these people. Obviously, Stretch Armstrong was, like, not far away from us. So we kind of we were like, well, Stretch Armstrong's on that label and they're not necessarily a Christian band. Like, we could do, we could, this is fine. Um, and, it, and it made sense because those were the bands that we wanted to tour with. You know, like, we see, like, Dead Poetic, Beloved, and ludicrous sign to tooth and nail and they're on the road and they're happy so you know when you're 20 something and want to get on the road because you know back then it was like you can't get on the road unless you have label representation so we just did it you know and for the longest time I mean it was great I I couldn't take those years back but we were definitely put in positions where we would make some people mad because we weren't exactly a Christian man not really trying to you know burn bridges but we just acted like a cock rock band. That's what we've, always, <laughs> what we've always essentially been you know just whatever yeah you know. oh. but it's it's an interesting thing that happened i mean that's that story alone was has been told time and time again it has about,
0: yeah it has. It's it's an interesting story though, and it's still still one that I think people you know are curious about. I mean, there was no conversation when you signed the contract. Like, there's no stipulation in the contract that says, uh, you know, you must believe in in God. Yeah. And you must be able to recite these passages. Like, I don't think that's in a, any recording contract. Yeah, uh, and you know, I mean, but maybe. The a, the thing was, go ahead. Well, there was there a conversation at all about that when you signed.
1: No, I mean, and i I even remember asking questions like, you know, this is just like you know we are moral dudes we're not you know we're not scumbags so uh and I think that that was really the the case um but you know once once we were in it, and we were playing all these shows with these people that are like you know bumping the bible and and it, and it got more and more uncomfortable for us because we didn't want to lie, you know like the last thing we wanted to do was be. Uh, like untrue to our fans so of course we would you know if there's a bar at the venue then we're gonna drink you know like and and we yeah we smoke cigarettes i'm gonna smoke with the fans and not like in a corner hiding right when we were young you know it was all about being out there in the crowd and like hanging out with the kids and we you know we still pride ourselves on just being normal dudes and always kind of just being available and yeah um uh, that was important to us because you know we would we would play with with some bands that were really uh, um you know hiding the, the fact that they do the same things as everyone else you know and i, I just didn't it, it it struck me as odd but i mean i get it if that's your your message or you know your are you're catering to a certain group but yeah i mean it it wasn't ideal it wasn't an ideal match but i think at the time it was really just who cares we want to put a record out let's just do it yeah you know they're gonna help us so
0: absolutely and 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 put out a record you did uh i am hollywood is a record that still is uh celebrated and loved by your fans um despite it, it being is. a lot different than your new stuff but i do kind of have a lot of respect that you still play you know material from from that era
1: oh yeah i mean it's it's the most fun you know because people really want that and i think because we had such a sorted um history of of being a bit more like er- erratic as a band and and you know as we would we would uh maybe not show up to a show you know i mean we were young right. young punks and and uh yeah, i mean those days obviously we were we were a lot more immature and and this this thing we were doing was you know built in rock and roll because that's kind of an attitude. Um but now it's now it's different because everybody we've we're older now more more mature and our fans are also you know they grew up with us so yeah. they can appreciate all the things and maybe the few kids that don't know much about us when they hear the seduction live you know it uh it, it really strikes a chord with us and them to see people like still singing along to those songs and really amps to hear it and surprise that that you know We might end a show with I Am Hollywood or, you know, something even, you know, throw a slow tune in there off of off of uh, Suck Out the Poison or something. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, and everybody knows that's the format. Like, you know, you got to you got to play the moneymaker, I guess, is what people would say. But I've I've come to not necessarily enjoy it, but I understand why it's a necessary evil. And I think we all kind of.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you
1: know, when you do it, when that song comes on, like I am, I'm so pumped that it's on because everyone in the crowd is pumped that it's on. So, I mean, it's not that I'm ever like, just sucks. Cause in the moment it's amazing, but yeah. thinking about it, it's not
0: right. So, right. Yeah. No, that, that makes total, that makes total sense.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think, I think what we're on right now is a, is a, just a path of like nostalgia because of it's changed so much, you know? Um. And now that we that we've been playing these big like Danny Wimmer shows, yeah, what, it's just been a it's a different kind of feeling because you feel young again because you're you know playing at one in the afternoon and you're you know you're rocking with all of your friends and some of the some of some bands that you like grew up worshiping. Last week in or last month in Carolina, we played with Allison Chains and Stone Temple Pilots. It's like what is happening? You know,
0: <laughs> right? Like, where am I? right and yeah it's kind it's kind of crazy those bands are still bands right with uh yeah, with very with no lead singers but you know hey whatever exactly that's for another conversation definitely <laughs> um yeah the whole you know your resurgence and you know being on spine farm records which is a label known for radio play uh yeah. and doing these Danny wimmer festivals which is completely different than your old you know uh I don't know I almost want to say like your old life it's like there's there's you know, there's the the version one of He Is Legend with the first, you know, two records, and now there's the new version. Yeah. And, you know, you make those things coincide. Um, you know, you play old stuff, like I was talking about, but in a way, those people coming to see you at the Danny Wimmer festivals, do they know about the old He Is Legend? Do they care? Do they just want to hear the new record? Do they just want to hear the jams that are you know being played on the radio like what's I think, what's the vibe I there I think that
1: there's a the vibe is always um you know you can tell when when you're when you have captivated a crowd i think at least i think i mean if you're a performer and this is your life like, you figured that part out um and i think for us be you know we've always been kind of no frills no no like pyro or or scrims or anything you know it's right. just like it's like you know maybe a backdrop in the riffs um, <laughs> so i i think that people respect that kind of grassroots rock and roll heavy metal vibe that totally. we're, we can offer um and i and i also think that the crowds the fans are more excited that we're giving we're giving up old stuff so they're they're kind of in in their minds they they're running the show you know like they're in the pit they're the ones singing along they're having a blast and so for us to feed off that energy i think would any of the people who have not heard of us before are going to possibly look into our back catalog or at least know that that like oh they this is a legit thing it's not just like i'd rather have those fans in there that are stoked about everything else to to show people that oh yeah this is this is old you know or this is like band I heard on the radio. Which I always liked when I was young, you know. You see like I remember like watching Chevelle open up for <laughs> Power Man by a Thousand and like <laughs> and just being like, oh man, this band's sick. But I'd notice people in the crowd like knew the songs. I was like, oh, oh I'm missing out on something.
0: You know? Right, right. So mm-hmm. that's what
1: I that's what I hope that those women Fest do. Obviously they're they're that's a different animal and i would i would probably prefer a club show any day of the week but it's a necessary thing to go yeah. out there and and just you know be the young band again rock out show people what
0: you got and, no it's and, it's great it's great i wonder if the people coming out to these shows though if the music has any relevance from 2004 to today you know like sure everyone's the old fans yeah. are there rocking out but somebody just walks in and goes wait this is different like what's going on this isn't the same as as you know the the songs from from few you know so um
1: i i think we do a good like you know when we go in to choose a set list i think we try to cater to the crowds that we're that we're playing in front of you know and so the preparation part is we're 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 writing that set for our fans in general, but we also are keeping in the back of our mind that like a lot of people probably haven't heard that. So, you know, if we go out with seven dust, hmm. um, we, yeah. we did that tour with them. We, you know, we play like all the drop tune heavy stuff because like, that's the, what their fans are going to, you know, our fans aren't coming to that show. Pro- I mean, maybe, maybe our die our most diehard fans, but you know, to see us play 30 minutes for, you know, at a club show for $35 or whatever. It's like, I don't think a lot of our fans are going to be like, ah, I'll catch them next time. But right, um, right. the ones who do come, I think they're still pres- pleasantly surprised. And then we're, you know, playing these radio bangers or whatever. Sure. I, don't, I, I actually can't answer that. I don't know that answer to that question. Because I would hope, I would like to think that all of our songs translate, even to the, you know, the forty-five and up crowd that's coming because Billy Idol's playing. Like, <laughs> I would hope that they stumbled upon it and saw what was going on. They'd be like, "Oh yeah." I mean, our tunes have a throwback vibe that I think could capture a lot of audiences. Maybe not every band's fan base on the bill, but no,
0: no, just yeah. just something I, I wanted to ask you about. Um, so, very interesting um, development is with you guys crowdfunding your last album last year, raising yeah. over seventy thousand uh, dollars to make the record. What I don't understand is how now you're hooked up with a pretty big label within Spine Farm. So how, how did yeah. that happen? Did you guys raise all this money and then all of a sudden the music industry's like, "Oh shit, people care about this band. Let's sign them." Is that the way well, that that worked out?
1: That was essentially that was what we thought was going to happen. Um, and we were weighing our options cuz you know our our Tooth and Nail contract was up and and we essentially had to kind of figure out what we wanted to do i mean did we want to do a record for x amount of dollars that was you know uh, our main concern was that we didn't want to go backwards in recording meaning it, it needed to be at least as long as we needed for the process and also you know uh, the, we basically just took the budget from heavy fruit and worked our way backwards as to like, what do we need for this? What do we need for this? Okay. Right, then we sure, got a sure So, so we just, we budgeted it out and in the, in the way that we decided we could do it. And obviously crowdfunding was an interesting, um, crazy learning experience. And, um, when we got down to all of the, uh, all you know after the the all the tracks were laid down and, and everything sounded good and we started mixing and mastering. Um, we were wondering if like wh- how we were going to handle the one thing that we didn't really budget for was like a marketing and right. distri- distribution thing because we were just going to send the records out of our house, but then they then there wouldn't really be in record stores and. It, th- that was something that we were like concerned about because obviously we really needed, I mean, that's, that's key. And also like not having it shown anywhere. I mean, not having a marketing team. We really were just the band members working on this and the people that we yeah. kind of hired along the way. Um, so we reached out to a friend of ours who we've been friends with Darren, our, our A&R guy now at spine farm. And he's just, you know, kind of been a friend, give us advice along the way for a long time. And he brought up the fact that he was like, you know, well, we could, we could do this and this and then like, let's just, why don't you just license it to us so we can take that part away that, you know, marketing and, um, the distribution thing. So we could have a worldwide release. Cool. Um, yeah. So it ended up being something that we were like, you know, this makes sense and it takes a lot of this, Stress off our plates because after doing all the perks and like having that goes so crazy. I mean, like everything went out, but you know some things were lost in customs. Some things were more expensive than we thought. It was just a a learning
0: right having to deal with customer service of of fans that are like, "Well, I supported you guys like months ago, and I don't have my fucking record." And you're like, "Exactly." You're like, "I'm just a singer, man," but you can't you can't play. you can't play the, I'm just a singer card anymore when it's actually, you know, you're organizing it. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, yeah, that's definitely, it could be stressful and, and sort of, I don't know, just not something you want to deal with.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, you've got the, all the little tiny things like, oh, maybe this one run was wrong or what somebody moved and their addresses keep coming back and you can't, you know, just little yeah. things that normally would be left up to a team, um, but honestly, I think when we decided to sign with Spine Farm, it was it was out of just like okay, these people want to help, which is the I think that's the first time that we felt like oh they but they want and obviously they just like anyone else they want to help because you know they'll reap some benefits off of it. But it seemed genuine, and we were happy to, to have some relief in that. And also, it was time to start worrying about getting on tour, rehearsing, you know, getting tour merch and all the things that popped up right after that was just, you know, it was a, it was a, it's a long process. And, uh, I, I think that if a band has a fan base already and they, and they're exploring that Avenue, I think it's a great, a great tool, especially to kind of prove your worth and, and get out there and, and get your hands dirty in it. Um, I, that being said, I don't know if I would do it again.
0: <laughs> right, um, that was my next question. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't think it, I don't think it's, uh, something i would want to do for every every album but this one it was just important you know like going from tooth and nail to tragic hero um releasing records and finally being a at a place where you could be a free agent and really just work hard for yourself it was it was something we really needed to do to prove mainly but it gave us more of a grassroots um i would say street team or you know a connection with our fans that we've never had before. totally
0: Totally. And it kind
1: of I mean, the scale of, of we, of the way we used to be, you know, and in this ambiguity of the band.
0: Totally. Well, I, I think yeah, I think it's good to do that at that your point, uh, you know, at that point you are in your career, you kind of you know see where you're at, where you stand with your fans, with the industry and everything, and I'm sure you guys were pleasantly surprised that Definitely. that you were like, holy shit, all these people want to support us, and. A label that's uh, you know not just Jimmy's records down the street, you know, uh, uh, this is a real label wants to help you. It, that's an yeah. amazing, amazing feeling um, that must have given you a bit of a spring in your step now moving forward. And you're on these D- Danny Wimmer festivals, and you're like, yeah, we fucking belong here, you know.
1: It feels like that. I mean, it feels like big stages and stuff. I mean, it was just like the next step in the progression, but. And it's also another thing, you know, prove prove that you still got it and you're still rockers, you know. And that's kind of yeah. like, yeah, they're still they're still rockers, they're still rocking. So I mean, we, uh, obviously, very humbled by what happened. We chose to to do an all or nothing option with Indiegogo, where if we didn't meet our mark, we got no money. So
0: oh man.
1: Yeah, and I, it, and I, yeah. It, I
0: don't know much about crowdfunding. That's really that's even scarier because it's like it was if terrifying. you. Well, dude, if because you got to think about it. If you don't get there, what do you, is that like? The end of the band? Like, is that almost like a breakup? I think that's where I think that's
1: where we were at. You know, right. because because to us it was like we believe wholeheartedly that our fans want to hear another album. I mean, F- Heavy Fruit. I don't, hadn't been out too long. And it was, you know, it was like one of those things where, well, if we want to do it, we need to strike while the iron's hot. And we're like at the end of this album cycle. And we're also at the end of this label. And it didn't seem like negotiations were going to do what we wanted. Um, and it was like, man, can, should we just try to do this for ourselves? So, I mean, and, and I was the last one to really jump on board with crowdfunding because I was super nervous about mm-hmm. h- how it looked, you know? And I know a lot of like, especially like, you know, bands in the hardcore scene are like these fucking pussies, like, you know, they need their stipend or whatever, you know, like, but we essentially just had to break everything down to where, like, how could we live and continue to have our, our, you know, our houses and our, you know, like pay our bills essentially and make this record work and yeah. here here's how you know here's how much it's going to be but but it but for us it was like okay well we'll prove this on our own if if we can make this work and we can hit this mark then yes it's worth it but if we don't hit this mark then we should make a record but it maybe it shouldn't be the top priority of the band and it should you know it should be something that we just do on our own right cheaply you know however (laughs) um
0: well it's it's worked out nicely and, and uh you know, you've it's a far cry from where you were back in two thousand four being scared kids, paranoid, you know, not feeling like you belonged, and now it's like, you know what, we're we're here and we're here to stay. Um, yeah. which is which is great to see. And I think you're right about maybe you can do a crowd crowdfunded record like once, but if you do every record as a crowd funded record, I think that's like I don't know, it's kinda weird. It's like if you have success then you know what I mean? It's like you kinda yeah, have to prove exactly. that you have success to and then that's what, what you do to prove it. Once you have it again, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm way off base, but No.
1: I think you're I think you're absolutely right. I think the main the main thing that we used that for was that we wanted to corral the fan base into one general spot. You know? Yeah. So knowing that we we pushed this on our social medias or whatever, but but everybody had to visit this this place where we were releasing information about what was going on and, uh, um, kind of explaining in a way. Um, I mean, it, just to unpack all that, it was, it was literally for us to, to communicate with our fans. Whereas before it had always kind of come from a label standpoint where they would be the ones dropping the news and they would be, you know, which is somewhat unnecessary now. Um, yeah, And and I think that like you know the only thing that we really can gain as a positive to social media and things like that is that you are a direct line to your fan base and you you can choose how open you'd like to be in that. Um, We we chose to go the route where we could engage and learn from our fans and take input and I think that was really the the most beautiful part about it because now. These kids that come out, you know, the people on the street team have got like back patches. So it's like we have a crew that will show their love and and support and we will always be there. And, we'll, you know, we'll always recognize them. And it's just been a really I, I think a positive thing. The only downside to crowdfunding was that we weren't the greatest at you know, being businessmen because all we want to do is play rock and roll, you know. So of course, of course. So like, having to do all the things ourselves or like, you know, outsource to get things done. It just felt it just felt like something we didn't really want to have to do.
0: Right. It's more of a chore. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. exactly. I, I totally but, I totally get it. Yeah. Uh well but it was uh, great. I mean I I th- I I love it though. I, and I really do think that young bands, um should should think about that option if they are playing shows and rolling around like i mean that that might be the way to go rather than to you know uh, romanticize what a record label could be as you and i know it's like you know sometimes they're good sometimes they're bad i mean it's a, it's a getting and writing situation
0: you know? <laughs> absolutely man um so i don't want to take up too much of your time i appreciate you you doing this today but i, yeah, I, I man, have a few you. things i still have to talk to you about i mean one thing is just your voice. Um, you know, being a guy that pretty early on cemented himself as one of the best singers and screamers. You know, doing both because um, that was at a time. You know, I was doing it. A few other people were, but not everybody was. And and now, just you know, how you've you've come into your own with your voice, both both singing, you know, melodically and and heavy. Um, yeah. And also just lyrically. Um, I think you've really been. In your own league, um in terms of the way you write lyrics and and um I almost feel like maybe I'm way off base here, but I feel like you sometimes take on a character in your lyrics like the with the with the what you're saying and the attitude, and I almost yeah. feel like you're giving me a performance like out of a film like you're an actor which is very unique for a rock and roll singer. I know I've, I'm going way all over the place with this question, but uh, this, these are just these are just all the things that I like, that I take when I think of Skylar from He Is Legend. I think of these things, of of a talent and uh, uh, um, a versatility, and also just this this like you're almost like an actor, but you're a singer. I think
1: that. First of all, that's very flattering. Um, And I, and I really do appreciate that coming from you. That means, that means a terrible lot. You know, I, 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 uh, I have always loved film more, you know, more than most things. Um, And through working in film as a, as a prop master or, you know, like um, a decorator or whatever, you get to read scripts and really, it, being on a on the set of a film changes the way that you view that art form, that medium, as well as your own. You I'm know? Sure all it,
0: entertainment, of course, yeah.
1: Yeah, it does, and I mean, it's 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 a crazy thing to watch. You know how they film like random scenes. I, I always loved in in that. Um, I would get being a prop master, especially I would get, I would get to do breakdowns of these scripts. So, you know, I'm like, I'm imagining these things as I'm, as I'm reading these scripts and and I get these ideas for stories through that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I've, I've got screenplays and whatnot that I've, I've been working on for ages just on the road with like ideas in my head and translating that into music a bit is, one of my favorite things to do is to is to play a character of of just whatever interesting story i mean granted i think all of it is about good music's about love whether you got it whether you don't you know i mean those those are the songs that are really breaking through and by love i mean the passion of what you you are going through your emotional turmoil or you know Elation—it's all—it's all these things that if you can pass off your emotions through lyrics and through just general tone, that to me makes a dope rock song, and, right? Or you know, any any sort of song. I just think it, there's a there's an amount of that that I could fake with a character, um, to where it might not be something that I'm feeling or I'm going through or have been through, but I know what it feels like to to i don't know try to express that as someone else just and seeing it reading a story you taking a character from a book you know that's just always been fun to me i grew up on joy vision and nick cave and tom waits and the misfits and all this you know right, all this right. goth and punk rock but also like anything dark you know that that darkness was always what i was into so these storytellers even even some like bob dylan and the beatles and the way that they would just kind of write these cinematic songs and yeah, of course tongue-in-cheek but it's still, it still told the story that i i wanted to get across or the ones that i love you know i go back to the old the old stagger lee situation of like you know telling a story about a guy who's just a badass who like you know does the most crass things in a bar and the fact that 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 story lives on as like, you know, different characters, different people play it in different ways. That's like, that's such an interesting thing to me. That's totally, so that's, that's what I always wanted to do. Um, granted I, I have written from like, you know, first person experiences, but also, you know, I'm, I'm writing lyrics for four or five other guys to to be passionate about, you know, and normally being selfish in that matter would, would be like, I didn't write the song 100% myself. So (laughs)
0: Do you bounce the lyrics off the other guys in the band before you do them? Like cuz that's always a weird band dynamic that doesn't get talked about a lot. Like cuz you know every band is different. Some bands the the lyrics are written very early on and and the the other band members want to know what the singer's going to do. Other times it's like they record all the music like polished. And then it's like, okay, do your thing singer, like get in there and do whatever. And we don't really care. In fact, I've done a lot of records where the band hasn't even been there when I recorded my vocals. So how has it worked with you guys?
1: Yeah, it's definitely the latter. I mean, it's definitely that Adam and I have such a formulaic relationship when it comes to music is I've never, ever once questioned the, the way that he will phrase Songs, you know, and and not that I don't think he, not that he doesn't write to with vocals in mind, and I'm sure he probably does. It's, we've never once had had an instance where we've bounced anything back and forth. It literally is a now hand the baton off, you know, wow. like like it's cool. your turn. Um, and and that being said, I mean, I'm sure that there are things that that possibly uh people didn't like i don't it's never been brought to my attention it's always been dude this is sick but you know we have a symbiotic relationship in that way where i think we all feel what this is like you know and for me when working with adam and stuff we'll we'll, we explain things and and uh just depictive words, you know, like, I mean, I I won't say like, go up, make it a minor, whatever there, it'll be like, kind of like the river when it's foggy out. (laughs) Like, you know, it's it's, it's not, it's not as close to the bank of the Cape Fear, you know, or like, you know, it's, this one sounds like, it sounds more like that monster from Looney Tunes running through the walls, you know, Gossamer running through the walls. (laughs) But those are things that we will, that he he can pick up on. I mean he listen, I have one of the best guitar players on the planet in my personal opinion. I've never, you know, like never questioned it. He is such a prodigy and and such so ahead of his time when it comes to to like metal guitar. He is the best in my opinion. So I mean I awesome. and I I'm Every time we lay something down, I'm just like so excited to hear how what is going well,
0: to come. That's very this. cool that you guys have so much trust in each other, you know. And I'm sure if I talk to him, he would say the same about you. Um, so that's that's an amazing relationship you guys have had for 15 years or more. And yeah, man, and and sky's the limit, man. Um, so what's going on next with uh, with the band? Uh, I know you can't talk about it, but uh, I assume more music, more records, more touring. Uh, yes, what can your fans expect? About-
1: I mean, we'd love to to be bouncing around the globe, uh, you know, in the next. I'd I'd like to get around at least once before the end of the year, but I I think a lot of touring's coming up, um, and you know, we're just we're just kind of um, we're in the dugout right now, you know, having a little little. We're in the locker room.
0: So okay. Okay.
1: You know what I mean? So,
0: so yeah, um, gonna get on the on deck circle and swing the yeah, bat a yeah, little bit, trying, and then yeah, yeah. before you get yeah, to the plate, I, I, I'm I'm down with the baseball analogies, dude. Oh yeah, I like oh, that. Yeah? Okay. Like okay. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. So I mean we're we're in a we're we're getting we're warming up. You know, we're like a couple people are out in the field throwing a ball back and forth. And, you
0: know,
1: nothing's <laughs> – People still have time to go get a hot dog,
0: <laughs> but you're from North Carolina. It should be a basketball uh, analogy, shouldn't it?
1: I, it should be. I went to Michael Jordan's high school, but to be honest with you, I don't follow any sports at all. I have no idea. I just I pick up shifts at a bar. And, right. Oh, it's um, always on. I bar. guess. Yep. And uh, every you know, there's all these all these TVs in this bar, and it's I, I work like one day a week there. It's really it's a chill time. It's daytime, you know. So I get golfers coming in wanting me to put it on, and I just like I always just fake it really well with them, just like yeah, man, football, awesome. No, that's <laughs> this is golf. <laughs> well
0: that's yeah. all good man well well dude uh thanks i look forward to everything you guys have coming up and it really is nice to catch up uh after all these years i hope we run into each other who knows where but i'm sure it'll happen
1: yeah yeah hopefully um i'm sure i'm sure we'll we'll end up in the same spot sooner or later
0: yeah man and, yeah, and sorry it's a long, about all it's been the a
1: long time coming man uh, it's good to talk to you
0: you too man and sorry about all the uh rescheduling and everything that's happened over the no, last no worries while, but it's really no it's great to catch up man
1: Yeah, definitely, Shane. Thank you so
0: much, Yeah, take care, Skylar. All the best, man. You
1: too. Bye-bye. All right, yep,
0: see you. So there it is with Skylar, eye-opening stuff, an amazing career, an amazing comeback, and a guy that's still so humble, and a band that I think is making, by far, the best music of their career. I want to thank Skylar so much for taking the time and doing this. And I want to thank you so much for listening to this thing. Make sure you're subscribed. If you like the show, please write a review on iTunes, preferably five stars. And if you don't like the show, well, let's just keep it our little secret. As always, I will leave you with a tune. I did an old banger in the beginning. How about a new banger now? Here is the latest song, the latest single from He Is Legend and a good one. Here is Sand on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love, and we'll see you next week.